Welcome to the Cost of Not Paying Attention, hosted by nationally recognized speaker Janine Hamner Holman. Janine knows what it takes to attract and retain world class talent. Join her here each week on the Cost of Not Paying Attention as we use brain science, leadership, management, and real life challenges managers face to explore the places where we aren't paying attention. Welcome to the first episode of The Cost of Not Paying Attention. I'm your host, Janine Hamner-Holman. I am so excited to be with you. I have been working on launching this podcast for, gosh, close to a year, getting ready and writing stuff and meeting with folks, talking with them about being on the podcast. It's been an amazing journey, and I am so excited that we are now getting it off the ground. In this podcast, we are going to look at all of the things that we are not paying attention to, mostly in the world of work, but not exclusively, and what those things cost, what not paying attention to them, what the cost of that is to ourselves and to our organizations. I am a organizational development consultant. And so what that means is that I work with organizations to help get all their people rowing in the same direction. Someone said the other day, people do some funny things at work. And boy, do we ever. My work is figuring out what's causing us to do those funny things and then solving whatever the cause is at the root level so that people get engaged. We actually solve the problem. And then I get to move on to another organization. Some of my clients have asked me to come in-house to a job that didn't used to exist. It's called a chief people officer. And while there's things about that that sound like they would be super interesting to me, it's actually not the impact that I want to make. My goal, which I will not achieve in my lifetime, but I want to get as close as I can, as close as is possible, is to have the world of work be one in which everyone can thrive. So I am always looking to have the biggest impact that I can on the most people possible. Hence, this podcast. So that people can be more engaged in this conversation about the things that we're just not really paying attention to so that we can start paying attention to the ones that are really important. Some of these things that we're not paying attention to, like being really deliberate about how our organizational culture develops, we actually know that we're not... (laughs) We know we're not paying attention to that. Some of the things are things that we actually know 
that we're not paying attention to, like being really deliberate about how our organizational culture develops. Many of us are not paying very much attention to that one. Although right now, many of us are thinking about how we preserve or create culture with so many workers being remote, because it looks like that's going to continue for a long time into our future. And so that's definitely a growing conversation that more people are paying attention to. Some of the things that we're not paying attention to, we don't even know we're not paying attention to them. If you're anything like me, that one gets me super curious. And then the voice in my head, you know, that voice that always talks to us, that voice in my head says, well, if I don't know that I need to pay attention to it, then maybe it's just not that important. Maybe it's not, or maybe it is. For instance, do you know why most efforts on diversity, equity, and inclusion fail? Sometimes it's because the organization just wants to check a box to be able to say, yep, we're doing something. See, here's our public statement. We embrace diversity and we stand up for everyone's equality. They never meant to do anything more than that, which is totally fine. If that's what you mean to do, that's fine. But for organizations that actually want to create more diversity, in their organizations, why are the majority of these attempts unsuccessful? And we know that they're unsuccessful because most diversity programs aren't actually increasing diversity. According to the Harvard Business Review, despite a few new bells and whistles courtesy of big data, companies are basically doubling down on the same approaches that they've used since the 1960s, which often make things worse and not better. Isn't that interesting? Many organizations have long relied on diversity training to reduce bias on the job, hiring tests and performance ratings to limit bias in recruitment and promotion, and grievance systems to give employees a way to challenge their managers. Here's the problem though. These tools, when they were designed in the 1960s, were designed to preempt lawsuits by policing managers' thoughts and actions. They were never designed to actually increase diversity. Think about that for a second. A lot of the tools that organizations are using and have been using, so the 1960s, that was 50 or 60 years ago. Most of those tools were designed to preempt lawsuits. They weren't designed to actually increase diversities. Another challenge is that a lot of organizations think if we hire people who are different from the norm in our organization, then ta-da! we've achieved diversity. The problem is that many of these people who are different from whatever that norm is inside your organization, these people who are different, they end up leaving. 
So we constantly need to be rehiring and we aren't increasing our diversity while at the same time, we are expending a lot of resources on this constant hiring. The root problem there is believing that diversity is actually an HR issue. Here's the thing. The HR part, the hiring part, it's just one step. And it should actually be the last step that we do. All the stuff that we do before that are critically important steps. The first step is to uncover the kinds of unconscious bias that may be happening in our organization. So again, just like the things that we're not paying attention to, what are we not seeing? What's living in our unconscious, in our biases? And bias is one of those words that has a negative connotation. But a friend of mine says, if you have a brain, you have a bias, which is totally true. Our brain has to sort out information really quickly. And so it does it based on the things that we like, the things that we're drawn to. And that's what a bias is. A bias isn't good or bad. It just is. So then what are the unconscious biases that are happening in our organizations? Once we uncover that and pull it out of our unconscious into our consciousness, then we can actually make a choice about it. Then we get to go to work working on building what's become known as psychological safety for our people. In the world of work, psychological safety is a shared belief by members of a team that essentially that the team's got their back, that they are not going to embarrass you or reject you or punish you for speaking up. It's all about creating an internal organizational culture where people can tell each other the truth about things in a way that is both honest and respectful. It's creating a climate in which we can be courageous and open, intellectually curious and humble, strong and enrolling. And we know that others will be as well. We get to create these environments where people feel comfortable expressing their diversity of experience and thought. It's all about creating an internal organizational culture where people can tell each other the truth about things in a way that is both honest and respectful. It's creating a climate in which we can be courageous and open intellectually curious and humble, strong and enrolling. And we know that others will be as well. We get to create environments where people feel comfortable expressing their diversity of experiences and thought, and where organizations both listen to and leverage that diversity. When organizations create an inclusive culture, they have more effective problem solving, decision making, and innovation, leading to long term profitability. 
And I don't know about you, but that's what I'm interested in creating for both my organization and yours. It's feeling known for and seen for the unique value that you bring and valuing your perspectives. The most diverse organizations are also the most agile, profitable, innovative, productive, and have the easiest time recruiting and retaining top talent. There's a lot to be said about diversity that has nothing to do with political correctness. And to get it right takes real work and commitment to creating that internal psychological safety. That's just one of the issues that we'll dive into more in depth in season one of The Cost of Not Paying Attention. Sounds pretty good, yeah? In addition, we'll get to look at what happens when we forget to tell people why we're asking them to do something. We all know that this happens. We get so focused on the what that we need done that we forget to tell people the why. And as we will explore with the former chief of police of the city of Boston, who was chief during the Boston Marathon bombing and the Occupy demonstrations, the why makes all the difference in the world. We'll also look at some organizations that are getting things right. In my conversation with Mark Pakoda, he is the CEO of LaunchBoom, which is a global crowdfunding agency. He talks about their development in creating systems to ensure their employees' well-being as they've been through a period of massive growth and expansion with an increasing number of people working remotely. And so many of us have been dealing with that issue of remote workers. Mark points to the connection between our self-image that's entwined in work productivity and how that can lead to burnout. Since we taped our interview, the Harvard Business Review has come out with a really great and important 5P series on burnout, its causes and its impacts, as well as how we can turn things around. Because ultimately, that's really what we care about. We want to know why things happen, what it looks like when they happen, and then how we get to fix it, how we get to turn it around. And one of the key takeaways from that series is that we have been treating burnout as a personal issue, as in this one person or this group of people are suffering from burnout. So we focus on personal self-care, and personal resilience. But here's the thing that they found out. Burnout is actually designated as a syndrome which results from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. I'm going to say that again because it's super important. Burnout has been designated by the World Health Organization as a syndrome that results from chronic workplace stress 
that has not been successfully managed. So what this means is that it's more than a personal wellness issue. It's an organizational wellness issue, which means that it requires organizational development solutions. Talk about something to which we have not been paying attention. And the cost is in both our personal health and our organizational health. Several universities got together, including Berkeley and Rutgers, to determine the main causes of burnout. Catch this. The main causes of burnout are unsustainable workload, a perceived lack of control, insufficient reward for effort, not for work product, but for effort, lack of a supportive community, lack of fairness, and mismatched values and skills. That's a lot to unpack. And we're going to do that in an upcoming episode. Guys, one of my completely nerdy passions is brain science. I know, pretty nerdy, right? When I was back, like back in the day when I was in school, I hated the quote unquote hard sciences, you know, chemistry, biology, physics. In fact, I found them quite hard. Fast forward 13 years or so ago, I got totally into neuroscience, what's going on in that gray matter inside our heads, and why it sometimes leads us to outcomes that we don't want. So I'm going to nerd out about that, and I hope you join me and nerd out about it too. We are going to talk about how we listen, why we don't listen, what we do instead of listening, which often happens when we think we're listening. Spoiler alert, we're not listening most of the time. We'll talk about the epidemic of incivility that's impacting so many organizations and some tools to address everything from microaggressions to outright toxic behavior. We're going to look at why the soft skills, which I actually call the critical skills, why they're so darn hard and the role of emotional intelligence in the workplace and how more of us can thrive at work, which is my overriding passion. It is going to be an amazing season and I look forward to having you join me on this journey. So that's a wrap on this first episode. I am Janine Hamner-Holman, and this has been The Cost of Not Paying Attention. Remember, great leaders make great teams. Until next time. On behalf of Janine Hamner-Holman, thanks for paying attention. This has been The Cost of Not Paying Attention. Head on over to our website, www.janinehamner.com forward slash podcast for access to the show notes as well as additional resources. Remember, great leaders make great teams.
I'm beginning to think I'm beginning